Hello world. Today's podcast is about indigenous wisdom and cryptocurrencies. And I want to start today's second edition of this live video podcast with a tiny bit of an awkward joke that you might have heard already. And it goes like money, 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 always funny in a rich man's world. So we're going to riff off that tiny bit of the ABBA song later on in our dialogue with Mila and Franz. And before introducing my guests, my personal two cents on money. Um, I don't know how many of you are aware that money truly is a social construct and the monetary system that we're living in now is not even 50 years old. And before that, the system did not even survive 100 years. So actually monetary systems have like life cycles. So in as much as now, many of us believe that the underlying structure, the scaffolding, the architecture of money is pretty much as it is. I would question that and definitely put out there into the room in between the three of us, but also sharing with you, the audience, how not one monetary system, but monetary systems can be designed and also take a look into the future and really ask ourselves, what would our world look like if in 10 years only from now, there would be a multitude of monetary systems serving different purposes, some more local, bioregional, some on a more national and some on an international level. So with that two cents from my side, I would like to have Mila introduce herself and sketch a little bit her biography and what made her meet us in this room together. Mila. Thank you, Alistair. Um, so my first, my first words would be from an indigenous perspective, which is hello, my other selves, hello, my relations. And introducing myself that way then allows me to relate to you um, from spiritual being, human being, and all kinds of things. Um, so my background is I'm originally Indonesian, but I left when I was very young. Um, my father, my grandparents lived in a village in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains with no running water, no electricity. So money was not something that was, uh, let's say in abundance, it was very much that the abundance was living off the land. And from that, I used to live in so many different countries since I was three, but we would go back to that village and I would have to learn how to live with my cousins, um, doing number one and number two in the river. And 
basically what my life was all about was the bias of impermanence and change, constant change, because I just went from one country to another because of how my parents um, were brought up. They were, they were diplomats. And so I moved from one country to another every few years and had to learn new languages, new cultures. And it just informed my life of change and impermanence. And that also went through to my disciplines from engineering to technology, to banking, to consultant, <laughs> to creating startups and sole businesses and then world economic forums and then activism. So I, I have a full range of professional hats. I would say that I'm more of a catalyst and an alchemist. And that's where I landed on seeds. And if you ask me why, I don't know. So I'm guided very much by this emergence, guided by very much trust and faith. Where I'm landing is where I am supposed to be. Um, and it's about coming, coming home to wholeness. And everywhere I, I land, it unfolds to coming home to wholeness. And um, Seeds is, is one of these cryptocurrency platform that I wasn't aware of. But then when I landed, it felt aligned to some of the beliefs that I have and some of the indigenous elders that has taught me about money, which is really flow, which is a flow of energy, a flow of um, gift and abundance that keeps circulating. So I was really, really uh, in awe of all of the work that seeds were doing, especially the people, especially the people, and trying and experimenting in these days of something completely different against the mainstream. Like Bugmister Fuller always says, focus on co-creating a, uh, a new system that becomes a dominant system and making the entrenched ones obsolete. So coming back to Alistair's comment about this is a social construct, we are co-creating together a more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. And on that note, I will pass it back to Alistair. But actually, I don't have anything else uh, to say, but really to hand over to Franz. I'm so curious how you will sketch uh, your way of making this human experience. Thank you, Andre, sir. Thank you, Mila. It's good to be here with you both, sharing this time and bending the distances through technology. Um, from my perspective, uh, my journey, I relate a lot to what Mila was saying. I am a child, a product of third cultures, my mother being Guatemalan, my father being Austrian, and had a very unique opportunity to really live both sides of that culture and really question myself, you know, what what does it mean to be Guatemalan and in that sense really be exposed to to Mayan culture of which I am part of, but really questioning how it's treated from the colonial point of view versus at the same time from an Austrian point of view, seeing what the values were there. So all throughout my early years I was in a state of of observing, but also not really understanding why are we all 
very similar in our universal needs, but very different in terms of cultures and how how that had shaped us to have different perspectives. Uh, in my journey, some of the things that were in that path were essentially trying to heal. And what I learned from culture at those times was study medicine. <laughs> and uh, I actually went on to, to study biomedical engineering, which is what I thought I could do to be able to bring, uh, to alleviate a lot of the things that I was seeing. Um, and in that journey, I also came across a lot of challenges when I started working, for example, with corporations or big multinationals like the World Health Organization and really understanding what the role of that was. You know, in one hand, I was seeing billions of dollars being moved around for for bringing in pharmaceuticals, while at the same time, I was very present with the notion that, you know, with simply providing access to water, access to food, we could alleviate a lot of those things. So there was a huge disconnect in that journey that triggered me to really question how our monetary systems are are wired, how they're organized, and why is it that it is like that. Um, in this journey, I was also meeting a lot of organizations and individuals who were inspired by a by a healthier world and were against all odds doing incredible things that I always was very present with the, with the notion that even though there's a lot of these small organizations doing wonderful things, they're still fragmented. And that also sparked a very deep question in me. How can, how can we actually bring all of these impulses and channel them towards shared purpose? Because the shared purpose was clear, but somehow in one way, whether it's uh, legal jurisdictions, monetary jurisdictions, they were fragmented. Um, so that was my career in that context. And at some point, I came across uh, blockchain in that time, Bitcoin. And that was, for me, a, an eye-opening uh, epiphany to realize that through this distributed technology, we could essentially reflect values that were more universal. And at that time, it was Bitcoin. But, you know, that technology has come a long way now that we're able to really uh, mirror what we see is more in reflection to what the natural abundance of our surroundings really are and have that mirrored through the technology. And that also, you know, made me back to reflect to my Mayan, Guatemalan roots as well, to really see, okay, there's indigenous cultures all across the planet that have been aligned and consistently protecting the environment, consistently protecting the sacred and holding up for resisting all of this colonial takeover in terms of culture and monetary. Uh, and that was uh, essentially an awakening. And that's also what drove us to, to co-create what seeds is. So joining efforts across the ecosystem for a shared purpose and really find ways to repurpose what value means and doing it in a way that can really transition uh, the rest of the world towards a healthier way of relating with one another, with our world around us, and with ourselves. Because that's what sort of uh, debt-based currency and trickle-down trickle down economics has moved us away from a separation of ourselves and a separation away from nature. So I already saw almost landing some of the hashtags and buzzwords so 
I would like us to unpack some of these buzzwords. So blockchain, Bitcoin as the like, let's say first visible artifact on a blockchain, but also where that has moved. Kind of a very quick, maybe five minute run through to then land what actually the underlying technology and the tokenization of the different, in my language, multiple capitals can be turned into an engine for a regenerative um, renaissance, both on a money system, but also including all these different capitals that we usually are not aware of unless we study macroeconomics or something the like. So Franz, could you give, I know you were in Miami just, uh, you know, a couple of days ago on this huge conference. Maybe you could sketch this like, let's say evolution one, two, and three of blockchain technology and yeah, where, where basically this is only starting to unlock the potential now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a... Uh... We're all alive during a great transition, and this great transition is powered by this incredible technology of blockchain, which in simple terms is a distributed ledger that allows us to exchange value or create smart contracts that don't need an intermediary. And that, in a world of middlemen and inter intermediaries, is revolutionary. Uh, credit where credit is due, Bitcoin was one of the first technologies that was able to really showcase the value of all of this and started off also with a, with a, essentially what is seen now as a digital gold where, where the value has gone in merely 10 years from a few fractions of a cent to today around $60,000 simply through this digital money, which at first people were very, very skeptical about, but today it has already changed the very foundations of how people see money and made a lot of people wealthy. Uh, credit where it's due, it's the grandfather of of a lot of the currencies out there, and it already has created a movement in itself. Um, but it doesn't end there. You know, the the generation or the development of the blockchain technology has evolved as well. So now we're able to create uh, more complex financial systems that better reflect our values across the ecosystem and doing it also in technology that is much faster, much more scalable, faster transaction speeds, and also that consumes less energy or virtually no energy whatsoever. Um, one of the I other... Would, I would like, just for the sake of the audience, because... I don't know how tiny the fraction of the energy consumption has become because ultimately I know only a week ago it was like Sweden big press report saying they they wanted to ban bitcoin mining so I don't know if it's like one one ten thousand percent or one ten million percent but it's like what's the fraction compared to first layer blockchain yeah. And, and now it's a uh, very interesting in terms of energy so you could say the bitcoin consumes the equivalent of the entire country such as the size of chile 
or Argentina. Uh, in comparison to the new blockchains today, for example, uh, Telos, which is a fork of EOS, and that's the technology where Seeds is built on, consumes a year ratio of, of a household, of a simple household. Mm-hmm. So it's orders of magnitude different. Um, and also to give a little bit of uh, insight into words that critique um, blockchain, yes, it, on Bitcoin, yes, it does consume a lot of energy, but it's not the inherent root of the problem. So right now, for example, we see countries like El Salvador already using um, hydrothermal energy from volcanoes to mine the Bitcoin. So again, this energy mass consumption is mainly a repercussion of the centralized financial systems. Because if the energy mm-hmm. systems were distributed in in decentralized, there will also be no question about the energy. Technically, we, there's more than enough energy to supply everyone's needs. It's just that it's still centralized. Okay. Um, so um, let's continue educating us and 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 the audience uh, with us. One of the things after you know i was able to decipher reading books and articles from you know distributed ledger technology and then bitcoin being the first artifact kind of the first monetary system still in place and working let's see see where that goes what are besides monetary systems other ways that where we're actually distributed ledger technology is uniquely fit for purpose and not just like an add-on because you know it's fancy to sell or something like that. Yeah, essentially every industry today is being reimagined through the blockchain, whether it is logistics, whether it is the banking sector, whether it is agriculture, everything that requires trust and and a system for transparency and fast. Uh, storage and distribution of information can be done through through the blockchain technology. So you can imagine medical information systems. It's uh, in another way, simple way to see it is the evolution of the internet, where where value or anything that goes into your internet can be claimed by the individual who creates it and is able to be monetized in a larger ecosystem. I would like um, um, to ask you, Mila, a question and, and, and paraphrase it. For me, one of the most exciting things about distributed ledger technology is that I have the feeling that we can, again, lean into trust that's not built on a one-to-one relationship but in, instead of more like in an ecosystemic view to a multi-actor multi point of view. And yeah, I would like just to lean in in your thoughts of how that intersects not only with your own upbringing, but also with the different indigenous cultures that you're working with. Yes, so um, from an indigenous point of view, there's actually, there's something called indigenous AI uh, platform where it's marrying the blockchain to 
uh, AI and indigenous wisdom. So to your point about trust, um, the folk is about relationship in indigenous and collectivist kind of community. So it's co collective and connection. So, and that connection, as you said, is not one-to-one, -one, it's connection with all sentient beings, which is not just the humans, but all the surrounding. Even in indigenous words and verbs, they only use verbs mostly, not nouns. So it could be Sunday is being, or air is being. There's no the air. Air, air walks, air runs, river walks. So in that way, everything is all about character-based character relationship. So it's all about trust. And it's because there's so much relationship to trust to the land, trust to the country, trust to the tribe, or even trust to just spirit, right? So all the different dimensions. It's all relational, relational. There's no nothing that is separate. And so this way of being in the blockchain is almost like it has it as a transition mechanism to go back to our deep roots of connection and relationship and trust. And it is deep local engagement. So it's funny because that is cryptocurrency, the, the, the blockchain platform is on an internet that is global, but yet it's bringing all of us back to deep local engagement and relationship and trust. And I think over time, that transition will, will make itself to come back to ourselves to where we we used to be our ancestors that's how they come they connected with every sentient being um i want to riff off something that's the beautiful thing about an emergent dialogue about my language german language is my mother tongue obvious <laughs> with the brutal <laughs> accent is a very much a language consisting of nouns and objects in my brain that co-constructs the way how I perceive reality. Mm -hmm. And much like you were saying, there are languages, especially, let's say, the, the less used ones, so still the existing indigenous languages that primarily rely on the relationship in between things and the process level. I just wanted to mention that and throw the question to you, Franz, because how could a, just as a first way to dive into tokenomics, how could a system support more a relationship view of how we relate and create value instead of just the transactional relationship great question and i think uh the best way to answer that or to make that lucid is essentially compare the current system and how that actually creates that element of separation and and how a redefinition of another one would be much the logical and heartfelt space so for example what we're talking about language uh, 
where right now we have an incentive for monoculture in everything that we see. Why is that so? Because our financial system is structured in a way where, for example, currency is created centrally, meaning there is a handful of individuals that decide what the values are for the entirety of the planet. And you can merely say that probably these people don't have an understanding of the intrinsic value of this multitude of cultures and multitude of diversity that uphold the entire well-being of the planet. And another factor of, a, of our current dominating system is, first of all, currency is centrally created and also then how it's distributed. It's distributed through trickle-down economics where a central bank creates not actually money, it actually creates debt. So it's actually uh, a compounded debt that is trickled down through a pyramid scheme of a format. And you can imagine that by the time that that debt product is reaches the bottom of the pyramid, that energy that we're exchanging has uh, an immense vacuum an energetic vacuum that requires the users to transform living capital, whether it is nature, whether it is our culture, whether it is spirit, into mere paper money. That's why, for example, in this paradigm, it's much more valuable a, to have a an ecosystem of a forest be cut down and transformed into paper money than it is to sustain it as such. And you can also see why there's intrinsic incentives, for example, to even create diseases in which there are then the the remedies from the same organization because then it becomes a circular economy of value extraction yeah, under a debt-based economy that has this immense vacuum. But all in all, what this has energetically programmed into it are, is essentially fear, fear of scarcity. So all of that is creates an artificial scarcity that makes um, natural resources more scarce and the more scarce it is the more value it has that's why we have created a a rampage of destruction all around us whether it is in culture whether it is in language whether it is in nature all of that is right now at the very uh, ends of what can be destroyed and that's what's really pulling us to transition uh, and this artificial scarcity also creates a separation because it's uh, it really puts us in a state of artificial competition with one another because we are competing against each other for the same scarce resources that are not really scarce. They're actually just made scarce by the financial system. And now you can imagine how a flip model would be. Essentially, all of that flipped on its head. What happens if at the other side of the money creation, it's the citizens of the planet? people like you and I who who together understand that one plus one is two, but it also is much more than that. It also is the entire value of ecosystem. What happens if we bring the biologists, the indigenous wisdom? What happens if we meet the scientists? What happens if we meet the people with so much skill sets and put them behind the wheel of the money creation and also put them behind the wheel of how the money is distributed? Once you do that, you unlock essentially a financial system that has more value, not just in financial value, but also in all forms of capital that is better distributed and allows us to to really achieve our commonly shared goals.
Let's, let's, let's put that as a big disclaimer for the next, you know, I, I felt the energy already, you know, looking too much in the crumbling paradigm. So disclaimer for everybody watching or hearing, we're truly listening into, leaning into, sensing into the birthing of a currency, but not only a currency, let's call it more a social organism within which also the currency is one organ, but where through tokenomics, also different capitals, social capital, cultural capital, intellectual capital can be valued, measured and contributed to the system. So again, the disclaimer is truly you could work with seeds, for seeds, do a strategic alliance with seeds or inject some of your other tokens, whatever the tokens are, into the system at the same time spur the system but be part of the system. So it's, it's really a very interest, uh, interesting paradigm and I have the feeling there will be more examples like seeds but for the sake of the exercise and for uh, for today to not overcomplicate the matter let's stay let's stay with seeds so imagine um mila let, let's do it very hands-on okay like what is tokenomics mila wants to contribute something to seeds what could she do and how how would that essentially look like so if mila were not to inject some of her other crypto tokens you know into seeds very hands-on. Yeah, so for example, I think Mila would be able to better elucidate herself in her journey coming into seeds. But essentially, in this paradigm, every human has an intrinsic value and every human is seen as a carrier of a gift. And what we're doing is aligning that, that gift, that passion with finance. Because we know that when human beings are living in their highest form and contributing that from a place of abundance, we know that the outcome is much orders of magnitude higher quality than it is if they're just working to pay their bills. And with that sort of concept, we are really able to give value to this multiple forms of capital, like you're saying. Like you, you can imagine, you know, for example, from an indigenous point of view, uh, as an example, in Guatemala, there are uh, uh, midwives, spiritual midwives. And currently, they have had a incredible hard time, almost to the point that that knowledge of culture has actually been extinct because they have been trying to sell that wisdom, which shouldn't be commodified in a system where they need money just in order to survive. So now we can create models where, for example, the community itself defines what roles need to be taken in account. So you can set up structures like universal earned income where this esteemed members of a community can continue contributing with their gifts to the whole and earn a fair wage for that, not having to commodify that. That's an example. And I think I will pass it on to Mila to really share her journey in terms of how what amazing things she's done already so far contributing to the community and how that came about. Thank you, Franz. Um, so part part of the, when you arrive, 
you're already um, harvesting what we call plants, you know, and you're harvesting seeds for the future, for the whole ecosystem, not just yourself. So when you onboard, but then as you go in, it, what matters most to you, what you are passionate about, you get involved in all of these different projects and initiatives that is so, I would say, so inspiring and self-organizing. And it's it's up to you how you want to show up. But then when you show up, it's not like the existing system where you volunteer, right? You you are valued not only in the terms of the currency of seeds, but you are valued with the people who wants to work with you. And it's you have multi-purpose, multiple purposes that you can be, just like in nature, just like in life, where you know a flower or a, the heart has different functions. But then you can connect with another kind of ecosystem of people doing things, but then still valued. And you have like a basic income monthly that you get by just showing up to contribute your ideas and and it's valued rather than just going into meetings for hours and hours and just hot air. The other part of the the, the work um, that Seeds have done brilliantly is looking at how do we um, how do we vote for campaigns that are doing regenerative projects on the ground? So it's not just digitally. And then at the same time, any time that maybe just myself in France is saying. Hey France, what you did to me, you said something nice, you said you shared something with me, an article. I can send gratitude to France. And it's not just gratitude by, hey, I want to thank you, France, but I can send seeds to France. So it's the seeds of planting value, the seeds of also taking care of each other. So that's where the trust is built. And that in the blockchain follows that through and it's transparent to all of us. So we know what 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 um, relationship exchanges and I'm, I'm avoiding transaction in that. Um, my gut feeling is, you know, again, disclaimer for, for the audience, let's pull that from our discussion onto the dashboard for some facts and figures How many people are using this? What is actually happening? So we are basically looking inside of the live safe, for a lack of a better word, in a fully transparent ecosystem. This again, I find like hugely attractive. So instead of everybody hiding and obviously not paying taxes in the Panama Papers and Paradise Papers and where not, is actually the exact opposite in the dashboard You're basically looking at the different organs of what makes up this, again, social construct, which is seeds, within which the currency part plays a very core part. So without further ado, I will simply screen share the dashboard. And I'm super curious to listen in to Franz, you know, explaining some of the core functionalities there. And for the people with audio only, I will share the link in the written document so you can simply click on it. Thanks, Alistair. Yeah, this is the, the Seeds dashboard that uh, elucidates what's going on in the ecosystem in real time. So you could imagine uh, the equivalent of a central bank 
telling you its metrics, its numbers, and where the funds are going in near to real time. And right now we've launched this a uh, few weeks back, so it's still on on improvement. But on the top, you can see the number of people that are already in the ecosystem, which we are around approaching 10,000 uh, total. And we have three layers of individuals. People can come up as a visitor where they're getting to know an ecosystem after they receive an invite. Uh, once they've been able to showcase that they understand the ecosystem, they become a resident. And after a process, they also are becoming citizens. And what it means to become a citizen is that you have full voice in the governance and evolution of this financial system. So you can see it as a decentralized first nation with uh, local roots, but at the same time, a digital global encompassing. Um, let's, we are also let's seeing... Stay, let's, let's stay on the, on the upper left, um, right? And I hope for the people with the audio only, they can follow. So it's basically three levels of interaction. And where I think it becomes really interesting is that you're not invited into something that just exists up until the end of time, like... This is compound interest rate. Okay, with your money, we're doing X, Y, Z, destroying the environment, you know, inevitably, right? Or, or we're exporting weapons, you know, um, Germany being a major weapon exporter or something like that. But you're actually also invited, once you qualify for it, to change with your contribution and your voting power, basically the way the whole system works. Could you explain that a little bit further, how that works? Yeah. So when you receive an invite, you come in as a, as a visitor. And once you are part of that, you become a citizen, which means that you have full voting rights to towards where the funds, the seeds are distributed in the ecosystem. Meaning that right now, as we speak, we have projects from all around the world who are requesting seeds to make their regenerative projects come to life. And every uh, citizen is able to vote on that every lunar cycle. And that's also when you see on uh, next to the to the top left, you see the wake, waxing gibbous. These are the lunar cycle right now where we are. So if you guys are able to see the night sky right now, you can see, and that's the phase of the moon. So with the seeds ecosystem, as compared to our current financial system, we're talking about how money is created or when money is created. Currently today, if let's say like right now I'm in the US, the Federal Reserve, when do they create money? Whenever there's a need to fund a war, whenever there's a need to fund the petrochemical industry, all of that. And that happens nearly arbitrarily where whenever this people decide. So what we needed in the seeds ecosystem is a universal timekeeping mechanism for this distribution of value and the creation of value too. So for example, every lunar cycle, uh, each proposal that goes in requesting seeds stays up for an entire lunar cycle. And on the end of that lunar cycle, uh, according to the validations of the boats, if it passes, the accounts requesting those funds to make uh, regenerative projects come to life automatically receive that funding. So. Just to translate it in this ecosystem, every citizen of seeds is essentially like you could describe it as a financial minister into an ecosystem. 
into a decentralized nation. Um, here you can see the next voting cycle begins in 16, 16 days. Uh, we also have different landmarks for in terms of how much people are going through the different visitors or resident process where we're trying to optimize it right now. And we also have, for example, an ambassador academy that whenever new uh, people come into this ecosystem, they re get received by the community and and unlearn a lot of these, the conditioning from the old system and relearn just different ways of actually creating value and exchanging value where you as a human being are have direct value and direct voice into the system that you inhabit. So for a lot of people, as you can imagine, it's a completely new imagining of how things are organized. Um, on the bottom, you also see the current value of seeds where we are in. So right now we have uh, one seeds is around 10 cents of a dollar. And what we're doing right now as we build trust across the ecosystem is we're together growing the value of seeds as more people use it and demand it, there is less of the total seats pot available, which means that it the value goes up. And what we're doing right now all together is uh, creating value so that the value of seats goes up to $1. And from that place, we call the harvest. I think Mila touched briefly on that harvest. And that's also one of the, the key elements of what seats is. And we also call it go live or go stable. So right now you have this inflation rate of the value of seeds with the purpose that we are actually competing neck to neck against the petrodollar. We don't want to be another Bitcoin that goes up to $60,000 or another tool of speculation. We want to be the ideal medium of exchange for everyday use. And again, to the power of blockchain, what we're able to do for the first time in human history is really measure the velocity of money in an ecosystem. And what we're able to do is once the when we kick in the harvest protocols, we're going to be able to create as much currency as there is demand for exchange. This creates supply-demand homeostasis, meaning that seeds as a currency will retain its value across time in a world where all of the other currencies are depreciating or losing value at staggering rates. Just as, a, as an example, I think the US Federal Reserve created in one year, 30% of all the dollars that have been created in the entire history of, of the US, meaning that all the people who are holding dollars right now are feeling this massive hyperinflation, which is only gonna get much worse. So what seeds is also is a, a way to to offer people with value a stable way to retain that value across time and also contribute to a sustainable environment that is enables you to use that money. Because in a world where the environment is no longer functional, even if you have hoarded billions or trillions of dollars, you won't even be able to use it. Uh, let's, let's, Franz, let's, let's stay for maybe some more minutes on, on, on the high level. What, what I find really interesting in the conversations we shared is, and what you also just mentioned a minute ago, is like you're basically trying to protect the currency against speculation. 
And without me wanting to point the finger against what people are doing, so far, I see most of the cryptocurrencies out there, not saying all, but most of the cryptocurrencies out there used as a means of speculation for people basically injecting fiat money, whatever that is, euro, yuan, US dollars, Schweizer Franken, and really like, like partaking in just more casino capitalism. So why are you trying to pro protect seeds against speculation and how are you doing that? Great question. Uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely what differentiates us from a lot of what we see out there, you know, and it's worth noticing that the key factor in this ecosystem is that the vast majority of seeds are not for sale. And with the intention that big whales, like how they've done in, in Bitcoin or other currencies, that you know, if you have incredible amount of money, you can essentially buy in and already influence the whole market and already play with it. So the vast majority of seeds are not for sale. They're only be able to earn through contributions really through earn drops, meaning whether it is campaigns for for growing your own food, for permaculture, for good deeds get seeds, for example, for actual contributions that, as Mila was saying, that create a positive relation between our community or nature, that's how seeds are earned. And in that context, we know that the value of seeds is much higher than any a uh, speculative medium of exchange. It has this intrinsic uh, multidimensional power to it. That's also what a lot of people are recognizing. And it really creates a fair playing field, which is imperative in order for, for us to create a platform in which we are creating a transition for civilization and not just for a selected few. Before I would like to embark on on on. on projects um franz and maybe also you mila what would be a wild card what would be a benevolent whale look like that says okay i, I want to support this i want to help spread the world i want to help scale it 10x it and he basically gives you his checkbook and says, okay, um, do you need a million? Do you need 10 million? Do you need 100 million? What would happen? Can Great I, question. Can I Go just for it, answer yeah. quickly? So I just want to take a step back of what Franz said about protection. I would, I would add stewardship. So basic, all of us are not just finance ministers, but we are also stewards of the whole ecosystem and it's not just a platform digitally but also locally because it's all about this the value that needs to be circulated and the shared prosperity and that can only happen if it's circulated and it's not hoarded in one so coming back to your question alistair with that role of guardian and steward each one of us there's such a level of care and it's all about the relationship. So in order for, it's just like a mycelium network. So if there was a, you know, a multi-billion dollar, I would say don't invest on projects, invest on gills or 
a small ecosystem that are interdependent of each other because that strengthened the network. And the potential of the progress and success of that has higher uh, possibility and viability and it's regenerative rather than just one project that has a self-interest. But also the fact that that ecosystem or guild that is a component of different um, initiatives coming together or people coming together, not only are they serving interdependently to each other in order to, to basically manifest value for the investor in a way that is, that is throughout the ecosystem, not just for them, because by the working of their interaction, it will give a value to the higher ecosystem that they serve, as well as the ecosystem that is under that they inhibit. And the easiest to, to, to give you an example is the heart and the liver and the kidney have very unique function. But when they come together, the optimum of our body is that is at the optimum possibility of its well-being. If and it's serving the higher ecosystem that is beyond their own interaction, which is the body. If the body dies, all of the organs die. So if we could, not if, we are doing it right now. We're actually, um, we're actually role modeling, experimenting together this way of being that our ancestors had and it's remembering by actually doing this. And, and that's what Seeds Platform for me is actually uh, has an intention. And I would say not just protect, I would say it's stewardship for not just this generation, but for many, many generations to come in a regenerative way. I've, Over to I've you, Franz. No, I have the feeling I want to to kind of, if this if, if the whole dialogue is, is like an airplane, let's mm -hmm. let's land it for a moment so okay imagine somebody becomes a visitor and starts contributing earning seeds you have your passport on the smartphone so have i and i enter a country let's say guatemala what can i do with the seeds earned How many people are already using it? Can I really buy food? Can I stay over at some place and get a breakfast? I don't know, rent a bike, um, order a, a coffee. So how far is that evolved already now? But also what's like on the horizon one, meaning in a year or in two or three years, where then definitely towards you know, the next minutes of our dialogue, I really want to embark on that like bigger vision where we want to go together. Yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. You know, what, what we have here is essentially a ecosystem of organization and individuals that already have direct incentives to accept seeds as a medium of exchange. So as you say, when you land in Guatemala, you're able to find organizations who are there And there's people who are actually looking to travel into a bioregion and commune with the people who are of that, uh, share that ethos, share those values. So it actually becomes like a really uh, way to cohere around people sharing the same principles. So you're able to navigate whether it is hotels that accept seeds, whether it is uh, 
indigenous communities that are already growing their foods and vegetables. We have uh, organic farms that are producing things like that. We have already universities that accept seeds as a medium of payment. And uh, yeah, the vision is that you can essentially navigate across the world without even needing to touch fiat, that you can go from from bioregional hub to bioregional hub exchanging and sharing the ethos of a healthier living and in right relationship with community in place. Okay, I, I need to play the devil's advocate, okay? So in, in my understanding, even in, let's say, very positive development of the endeavor and other endeavors like seeds, because I want to make a point, it's not like a, you know, sales pitch for seeds. It's really just one of these beautiful examples where we do not only have a concept and an idea and two and a half hippies sitting somewhere, but it's an already evolved ecosystem. You can click on the link, join seeds.earth, earn seeds, fly to Guatemala, buy bananas, stay over at a regional hub. In my understanding, in only a couple of years from now, since we now know that MasterCard and Visa are going to accept like Bitcoin, right? Most likely we will have like different, I don't have Bitcoins for political reasons, but it's a very, very personal uh, Alistair thing, right? Um, is I have the feeling sometimes we, we most likely need to rely on fiat if it's like petrol-based products or, or like I need to buy a laptop or something like that is connected through like very complex um, supply chains. Whereas the things on the ground, so literally like the food, um, the things I drink, the water, but also like additional services. So like maybe a massage I'm booking in Berlin or um, artists I'm paying in Berlin are paid in seats. So could you sketch behind beyond the like we're taking over the world perspective where do you see that evolving in the in the next couple of years yeah so there's a lot of things to to untangle from that question and absolutely you know we foresee an ecosystem of currencies with different means for different aspects of it and like you're saying you know for example you cannot buy fuel with seeds right now uh well, we're also going back to your previous question is, you know, for example, this uh, benevolent whales. What we also have is uh, a technology for the DAO. So in order, you see seeds as a as a global currency that is better than free. That means you can compare it to PayPal or Visa, where you can transfer funds in a fraction of a second without being charged any fees. And instead of being charged fees, you receive harvest. Um but what's complementary to that is the DAO. So the DAO is another way to contextualize this trust building protocols where you can also have other ways of tokenizing value. So what we're doing with the DAO technology is that uh, people can invest into bioregional DAOs, which provide liquidity pools for people who are already uh, handling with seats. So that's, for example, we're doing that in, in other bioregions where if someone is earning a universal earned income in seeds, they're able to exchange from their community treasury on a monthly basis um, a certain portion of their seeds back into fiat to perform 
purchases that they wouldn't be available just in the seeds economy. But what's very interesting is that then people start seeing really what value is and the advantages of having a a better than free currency that you can transfer anywhere in the world under a fraction of a second without being charged fees and creates a healthier environment for yourself and for your neighbors. Then people more and more start opting for that. And then simply the question that we mentioned before of inflation, where that, for example, fiat currency is incredibly losing value at the speed of hyperinflation versus a currency that is appreciating in value and remains stable, then it becomes clear options in terms of what every individual will start favoring more and more. Mila, do you have to, do you want to add something? If not, I would, uh, yeah. Um, so Franz, It's more than a seedling, but it's still a sprouting, vulnerable plant. So some facts and figures, like how many people are like active behind seeds, how many years did it take to build it? And like on your roadmap as an organization, What do you see are like realistically the next steps to unfold that or roll that out? And again, maybe uh, just give a one to three year perspective before we again, you know, jump on a higher plane for the bigger picture. Yeah. So you could see if you see seeds as a as an evolutionary organism, we're right now in a toddler phase, learning how to walk and learning how to stand and already experimenting across multiple things. And as more and more people come to contribute, that toddler becomes stronger because we're able to channel all of this uh, knowledge and wisdom in ways of organizing and ways of creating value. In that context, you know, since Since the launch of Seeds, which was two years ago about, we have already gone from zero to 600 organizations who are already uh, signaling to be a part of this and want to contribute with their uh, operations to help build this. And also already presence in more than 100 countries where people are already also planting the seeds of uh of a regenerative culture in a regenerative world where they're also becoming the mappers of their ecosystem, identifiers of their of the pioneering organizations that share this ethos and also then structuring and weaving together uh, all of this. Uh, what I foresee is really in the next future is that more and more communities will come to place. You know, like for example, right now with, with Mila, we're in conversations with, the, with Jen, the Regenerative Communities Network, and there's also a lot of uh, eco-villages that are signaling to use our tools and are forming more and more stronger. And I think, you know, what's very interesting to point out is this fork that is going right now in our civilization where we have, when you see across the world, there's right now a push towards more centralized, more control. And at the same time, what's resulting from that is a counter movement of really connecting closer to nature and creating alternatives, ways of living. 
So to say that I can foretell the future in a couple days, it'll be very difficult. But I can tell you the best way to to predict the future is to architect it. And you can count that there's a lot of humans out there who are architecting this with us and um, and the best is yet to come. Let's stay with... I, I prefer this, this 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 picture and metaphor of of like different plants in the garden and maybe like bees in different microclimates and the soil and the water it needs. So ultimately, sure, we know the garden needs all of it, but to stay where seeds is right now is like what would help the overall ecosystem to stay in balance but grow in terms of more people contributing what is what is most needed at the moment what nutrient so to say soil 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 we need to compost old world and recompose it into a new world. Uh, <laughs> essentially, you know, that's the hardest part of all of this. You know, what we're creating is really a new way of, of people interacting with one another. And what, what the biggest challenge there is, is the, the deconditioning for, from essentially thousands of years of scarcity mindsets. So that's also where we're counting on with our communities to really create ways of building trust and transition that i think that's very very important and at the same time a beautiful mission where it's all about raising consciousness and creating ways of being more resilient together and communing with one another and from that i think from this powerful place of empowerment between communities all the other resources flow more abundantly too yeah so it's funny that I give myself a call to action because I've never seen a jungle nor a coral reef and Franz knows that I'm going to visit him in, I don't know, six weeks time or so uh, in, in Guatemala. I have the feeling my proof of concept, meaning Alistair's proof of concept, is bringing that uh, to Berlin because Berlin is a vibrant hub. There's a lot of cultural creatives. There's a lot of scarcity really of people it's for all the listeners out there that don't know that berlin is a poor place but sexy berlin is a poor place like obviously not compared to third world countries but within europe so a lot of people are really suffering and covid hitting so um uh, i'm truly interested how that social organism from a let's say eco village lands into in in berlin we call it keats you know so i live in prenzlauer berg which is close to mitte but has a completely different structure than like kreuzberg or neukölln or pankow or steglitz so i'm really curious what's the best way to inject and invite people from these different parts um in berlin and to turn that into a question both to you, Mila, and to you, Franz, is are there already 
within seeds, but also maybe from other examples, um, processes or structures or metaphors where, where such a infusion um, happens differently depending on the cultural context or rural to urban? Is there already something that we can see? I can have a step of that, and yes, you know this is this is essentially whole systems transformation. And another way to to put into perspective of what we're doing is this decentralization of abundance. And you know, right now cities are also stifled with what you were saying, this scarcity, with this sort of over competition and fear of losing, and really little access to some of our basic utilities. And that's one of our first target groups where a lot can be changed really quickly. And it doesn't matter, you know, the level of, of, of financial capital in a place. We're able to really complement culture in ways that are incredibly unique. You know, even if you have, there's a saying, there's some people that are so rich, that are so, are so poor that all they have is money. And even in these jurisdictions, you know, people are, longing for more community for for healthier way of living for ways that they can really find true belonging and in that place it's a matter of holding space uniquely for each state or city or village and really doing it from a grassroots up so essentially what we do is uh, bring in together a stakeholder network from from where you are in this case berlin like all of the pioneers, people who are involved, the entrepreneurs, maybe members of the government, maybe maybe some of the landholders, and really bring them together and together form a, a vision of what a more regenerative Berlin would look like. And once you do that and get people to dream, you can already start thinking about what roles you would envision. You know, you might some cities might identify that, you know, you need to do trash cleanup campaigns or you might need to do some urban gardening to grow more food, to be more resilient, or you might have to employ other roles that are in right relationship with the with the place. And you can already attribute a value to that and already set forth. And once you're able to showcase the value that's being done through seeds, then through the DAO technologies, this becomes a vehicle for collaborative impact investment. Like as Mila was saying, it, you know, then investors are not investing in a single organization claiming to do a siloed work. They're already investing in the ecosystem of organizations sharing that purpose that, you know, then that lowers the risk of investment and makes sure that you're actually going to reach what you're, what you're doing. So there's an incredible room for opportunity to unleash those tools in places like Berlin too. And we'd be very happy to, to work with you to, to make that happen. Can I add, Alistair? So just moving from the, the scarcity, it's really survival, what I'm hearing in Berlin, but it's also all over the world, in certain, especially because of COVID. But we, what I've seen on seeds, just as a participant there, um, I've seen like places in Kenya, in Uganda doing this, where what matters most to them? So a whole group of people coming together and then expanding 
And then I saw also in Portugal recently, so there was like 30 people and there's this longing, if you feel it in the discussion, the longing of connecting and belonging and be part of a commons ecosystem, coming back to communing, like what Franz said. So it starts with what matters, what matters most in people. And we did this survey in in Netherlands to like 10 cities with a thousand people from all over walk, all walks of life. And the key thing when we asked that question, what matters most was connection. And fundamentally, it starts from that. And then finally, as Franz says, the early adopters of change or the pioneers of the heart, I call them, who already is looking, who's already experimenting. So there's not really that much of any promoting or influencing. They just want to experiment, come and experiment with us and co-create it together with us. So it's a participative role is not hey you know you just become a customer of seeds it's, it's a participative co-creative role of how this move forward and evolves together as a whole ecosystem yeah let's le let's lean let's uh, truly lean into that because my understanding is from students of universities to bachelor and master degrees from various faculties, from people that reinvest parts of the money that they made with other cryptocurrencies, after feeling that there is a place for many of them, because I have the feeling some people might want to contribute more through, let's say, the doing aspect, let's say, partaking in the voting mechanisms and, and such stuff like that, but also truly others really want to help with cryptocurrencies or, or like real, whatever the real is in fiat money, but like, let's say like with, with, with real fiat money. Um, what would happen if we were to try and directly connect it to, 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 to a bigger ecosystem? So you were talking about like global eco-villages network. Let's stay with that example. I don't know how many thousands of eco-villages are connected through global eco-villages network, but thousands, right? So um, would the structure of seeds in its current technological development be able to hold whatever 500 eco-villages suddenly want to work uh, on the seeds infrastructure within a year's time? Absolutely. So that would mean, you know, essentially every eco-village designing what they need in currency to give value to whatever it is they're doing. And they would they would do the self-mapping. So all they would need to do is request it from the citizens of seeds, from which the citizens of seeds would then vote if that gives value to the whole ecosystem or not. And in this case, obviously it would. Uh, and that value is shared across the ecosystem through that token of a seed, which we all co-create on. And that's the spirit of it, that we can really uh, accelerate the transition. And that's why I'm also very grateful for, for you, Alistair, to giving us a space here because 
all it needs to do is trickle in terms of the knowledge of what's there, really go penetrate this this layer of 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 information and allow voices like ours to be heard. And that really has deep resonances in terms of who can reach and how fast it can. The tools are already there. All we need to do is uh, build the capacity for us to use them, as I was mentioning before. Yeah, I have the feeling like when I sense into the energy in between the three of us is like trying to find good ways to, 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 to wrap it up. Mm. And maybe I start when I'm 42 and I think my first touch on money truly was through the Bible. So I come from an agnostic household <laughs> and then I wanted to serve in, in church. I don't know, you know what my parents were thinking and I read the Bible and you know, Jesus being kind of my childhood hero. And later on in my life, I discovered that compound interest rate thing. I think this was really one of the first big aha moments, you know, so I, I understand like the interest rate, but not the compound interest rate. And then later when I was studying macroeconomics and alternative currencies and like complementary currencies, but it was just printed paper. It was just books, just ideas. And what I truly found fascinating discovering seeds is that it already is an organism with, I don't know how many people are in the core team, 50, 60, 70 people, 60 or something like that. Franz? I mean, I know everybody's contributing, yeah. but... Yeah, there's uh, different ways to see it. So, for example, the organization that created Seeds, so the, the technological organization is called Haifa. And there's, by now, we at some point, we were almost 80 contributors to building that. And that's sort of like the initial layer of coherence. Uh, from that now, it has already diversified. So right now there's multiple DAOs giving value to multiple aspects of the movement. For example, there's a star DAO that's already facilitating people to onboard into the new DAOs. There's a, a mom DAO that is focusing on, on land trust and holding land. Uh, so yeah, if you count if you count that or you count also the the numbers of people within those organizations, we could already reach hundreds of thousands of people that are on the verge of being activated to contribute towards that. Yeah, beautiful. So uh, maybe uh, before I hand over again, my, my beautiful picture of the future would be that I, as Alistair, can decide how much money I need to earn in fiat currency. And I'm also fine to earn some in fiat currency. I'm not uh, against it totally. You know, it's not. I'm not complaining about paying taxes and want to avoid the taxes in the German uh, like system. For example, kind of a beautiful layer of a welfare state, right? So, 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 so as I'm, I'm for that. But I'm not against a lot of exporting weapons and 
you know, stuff like that in the in the German system. So my way for myself is that I truly want to earn and contribute towards that birthing of new monetary systems and social organisms. And I'm really excited uh, on that journey and actually looking forward to my first, uh, you know, then, then like life exchange, much like that Bitcoin pizza, you know, 10,000 Bitcoin for two pizzas, right? And later on, the two pizzas were worth 140 million. I just heard that like, uh, I don't know, a couple of days ago. So maybe handing over to either you, Mila, or you, Franz, just for some like closing words, maybe ending with a metaphor. I can go first and yeah. Um, no, first of all, thank you for the opportunity and super grateful for for the exchange that we had here. And um, my reminder is also, you know, what what I want to work with is is to contribute towards a healthier planet, and that comes on with myself as well as an individual. But with that understanding that abundance is already here. And when we step away from from what we've been taught to believe what abundance really is, then there is much more joy and much more things to share with one another than it is from what we're already believing. And another layer, you know, the the value in nature, really, the value is abundance as revealed for the whole. So it really comes to, to what we can do as a community, as an ecosystem for one another and that's where true value can be unlocked and if you have a, a currency that really gives value to those exchanges it is orders of magnitude more valuable than what we've ever come with fiat you know when we start tapping into the velocity of money velocity exchange what we can really do is when everyone becomes billionaires and trillionaires that's the world i want to live in and that's what we're working towards building mm. Thank you, Alistair and Franz. It's, it's a joy to be sharing this space with both of you. And thank you, Alistair, for um, your very insightful questions. <laughs> I love them. It makes us think. Um, so for me, it's similar to what Franz has said. And it's really if we align to the wisdom of life, living system, nature, that's been around billions of years before us, I don't think we would go wrong. And it's coming back, it's coming back home to wholeness, right? Because life and, and nature is wholeness. And it reminds me of, I, I come from Indonesia and in Bali, there's a saying, Tri Hita Karuna, which means abundance is, is sort of the three causes of well-being is relationship with your fellow beings, relationship with nature, and relationship with divinity. And divinity here is God in this, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, it's really all life forms, and I stand for all life forms beyond just my lifetime, because that is abundance. Living this planet better than I came in. That is what abundance means to me. 
Yeah, after feeling um, maybe the call to action, the simplest one is if anyone out of the audience either watching or listening with only two links, please forgive us for the live screen, you know, uh, mode, looking at the picture and the dashboard. Um, I can only say, I want to invite you to experiment uh, joining and contributing to seats because there's so many beautiful ways to interact with the ecosystem. And secondly, also reach out to us um, personally. I mean, we're connected with the full name. So basically on all social media platforms, you can, you can connect uh, to us, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever serves uh, best your purpose. And having said all of that, um, I feel like ending like a metaphor. So I come from an kind of left-wing activist background household. And it's for the first time since a couple of years, I truly feel tailwind. Might be very subjective, but I have the feeling that the old system is crumbling down so fast that all these beautiful initiatives like the one uh, sketched today are really getting support also from like unlikely allies, the ones, the benevolent whales, right, uh, that do not even want to take over the system that they want to explore and help sprout and blossom. Yeah, maybe that was my last poetic whale words. Mila, Franz, I'm looking forward to getting our hands dirty with the hummus and the compost. Thanks <laughs> to Great Britain, Mila. Thanks to Franz. Where are you, Franz? I'm in Florida right now, but going back to Guatemala tomorrow or the day after. Beautiful. Thanks so much for the time spent. Thanks. Ciao. Thank you all. Bye-bye.